If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass, brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Real Salt Lake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by Alex Maurer and Cody Kershaw to bring you all things Real Salt Lake. We've got a very fun episode, two game previews again. We're seeing deja vu from, I think, last week or a couple of weeks ago with some game previews here. Um, First of all, we're going to have our pod trivia segment, as always. We're going to get into our Monarchs Minute and talk about the Monarchs team. We've also got uh, no club news and no Royal Roundup today, so we're going to jump right into our preview uh, or our review of the Houston game and then preview the Portland game for the Open Cup and then talk about the LAFC game this weekend before we dive into all of that, though. Alex, how are you doing, man? I love that you come to me first every time. It just makes me feel some type of way, Ethan, and I I'll switch am it up next doing... time just to make you feel a different kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing terrific as always during my CFC 60 seconds. I'm going to use up each and every one of them. We tied a game 2-2 that we should have won, but that we also should have lost. We were down 2-1. The referee called the game five minutes early by accident. I, being the forward-thinking head coach that I am, had my watch set to 35 minutes and showed the assistant referee very kindly without yelling or screaming, and he confirmed that that was correct. And we got four more minutes. And in the last kick of said game, I sent every person into the box, Sands, the goalkeeper, and we scored on the ensuing corner. And that was that was terrific fun. However, we should have won. And it was the it was an undefeated team that had just come down from D1 that we were playing. So it was it was a hotly contested matchup. But I still believe we created the better chances and we were the better side on the day. But at the end of the end of the day, goals change games. (laughs) And they scored them at better, more convenient times than we did. But other than that, it has been a pretty hefty weekend for the activities spectrum. I went to a Kentucky Derby party yesterday, which was just absolutely delightful. It was wonderful in every way, except for the fact that my horse confidence game couldn't bring it home. And so I had to watch that pot go to someone else. And that was frustrating. But we also raced dogs and babies. And that was just as exciting as the Derby itself. Played a bunch of pickleball, played one game of disc golf. If that was this weekend, I can't remember entirely. It all kind of blends together. And then playing soccer later today, if the weather holds. But other than that, not too much more going on on this particular... Oh, I graduated. (laughs) This is not a joke. I actually forgot. I did graduate college as well. But we had a practice on Friday, so I didn't make it to my ceremony because we were playing that team that was undefeated. And so I figured there was no way I was going to skip that practice um, because we couldn't take a day off right before the game. You had to get your priorities straight. (laughs) Exactly. So congrats to me for graduating from the University of Utah's College of Education I turned in late work literally the day before to get me from a 79.2 in a class to an 84 so that I could pass and receive that very expensive piece of paper. So I guess I'm glad that I I don't know that I graduated. I guess I just am kind of working under that assumption. But uh, Cody, my friend, how are you doing? Was your weekend as busy as mine? It was. And congrats on graduating. That's a big accomplishment. Um, Yes, my weekend was very busy. I had two outdoor games yesterday, back to back. 
First one was 8 a.m. Second one was 10 a.m. First one was great. Uh, we won 7-0, to zero, I think is what the final score was. I had a couple goals in that game, and then the next game was not great. We ended up losing 6-2-2, two, two, I believe, and I just had one goal in that game. And my body is feeling it. So after two 90-minute games yesterday, I'm pretty beat. We also went and saw the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and it was phenomenal. <laughs> Definitely recommend it if anyone is thinking about going to watch that. Um, yeah, it's it's been a good weekend so far. Very busy. Do you uh, think if you shaved good. your facial hair, we could pull a bench warmers and pass you off as a 12-year-old? <laughs> because we could use a little more speed up top. So if you have room in your schedule for a third game and you're willing to shave your facial hair, let me know and let's see what we can put together. Is it because we he's do bald? That. It's not, would, like, not like he's going to look like Kaiju or anything. <laughs> we'd have to sharpie in some probably a, a better hairline because right now it looks it definitely looks Widow Peak. Uh, widow Peak to the max. So, oh, Ethan, yeah. how are you doing? And how was your weekend? It was great. I don't go into too much depth as much as you guys, because sometimes I feel like my weeks are just a blur and uh, kind of just goes past me. But um, got that baby brain, huh? Yeah, it was a good week. Uh, yard work again, <laughs> but it's spending a lot of time with my family, which is something I love to do. And uh, last night as we were watching the Houston game, it was just really nice to be able to like be with my baby and stuff and just kind of chill at home. So it was a, it was a chill day yesterday. Um, we'll talk about the result later today on this episode. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, doing great. Happy to be here. Excited to talk some soccer with you guys and uh, and uh, do an episode. Bring a podcast to the people, right? That's why we're here. Love it. Um, Love it. Good for us. Well, well, well. Okay. Make sure to follow RSL Season Pass. You can find us at our at RSL Season Pass uh, on Twitter. And you can also find us at www.rslseasonpass.com. Um, you can find all of our episodes there. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. It would really help us in the podcast. Uh, just by listening to this episode today, we really appreciate your listenership and uh, and supporting the podcast in any way, shape, or form that you possibly can. Um, also, if you feel so inclined, leave a uh, leave a question in the Pod Trivia database. We'd also appreciate that very much as well. Um, all right, now after six minutes of just rambling on, let's get to the part that I know you all came for, uh, the pod trivia segment, and then we'll talk a little bit about soccer too, I guess, in this episode. But pod trivia, Alex, we are, are going to turn the time over to you, my friend. Hey, the people love the rambling. They want to catch up on our lives as much as we do. RSL was only able to come away with a point this Saturday, playing the Houston Dynamo to a scoreless draw. The third time in club history, they have had at least two scoreless draws in a row. In what year was the last time RSL had two scoreless draws in a row? Is it A, 2021, B, 2017, C, 2015, or D, all the way back in 2012? This question comes courtesy of the president himself, Brian Gibson. That's a great question. When was the last time we had two back-to-back scoreless draws? 2021, 2017, 2012? 15 or 2012? 2015, 2012. I am going to throw it out there and guess 2017. I was going to say 2017. Cody is locked in. But I'm going to disagree and probably get it wrong and probably regret that. So I'm going to say 20... uh, 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 
that was not one of the options. (laughs) Yeah, I don't actually think that was an option, but 2015 was, and it was incorrect, actually. It was all the way back in 2012 when RSL last drew two games in a row, and not only did they draw two in a row, they drew four games in a row, spanning, um, you know, half a month from October into November. That also included a game against Houston Dynamo on uh, May 14th. So quite quite some time since, uh, or the last time that they did it against Houston, I guess, rather, was in 2011, so the year before. So, man alive, it has been been a very long time since RSL has had two scoreless draws back-to-back. Uh, 11 years, almost, a little, a little bit more. So thank you, Pod Trivia President Brian Gibson, for sending in another heater. That will move you two both, unfortunately, to 4 and 10 in the pod trivia rankings twitter is sitting at six and seven as of right now i don't have a feeling that they're going to get this one right so maybe that will help bring them a little bit closer to you guys if they do you two boys are in proper shambles i think (laughs) you know what this just goes to prove that i think people on twitter know a lot more about real and soccer that we do so than we do so i don't know entirely why we're here um, <laughs> or you know they have the ability to look up the answer before submitting their response too. but I, I like i like to imagine nobody does that you yeah. know they, they understand the spirit of pod trivia yeah um but yeah we're here regardless to bring you the content i don't know maybe it's because we have the courage <laughs> to jump on a mic and like talk for an hour but um, it, it is so bold of you two to show up on this podcast <laughs> and get a question wrong oh man have people burn us for our terrible takes too that's always mm-hmm. fun that's always a it's always a good time martyrs you two are <laughs> <laughs> it's time now for our monarchs minute so we're gonna go ahead and let alex get into all of the goodness that was for the monarchs this last week alex go ahead and hit us with it don't know how much goodness there was, but the Real Monarchs lost at home down in Harriman to the Tacoma Defiance affiliate team of the Seattle Sounders. They lost 2-1. to one. Fernando Delgado, 16-year-old goalkeeper, made a double save on a first-half penalty kick. An 18-year-old forward, Duncan Jarvie, scored his very ever, very first-ever rather Monarchs goal off of a terrifically delicate chip-through ball from uh, Gilberto Garcia. Jarvie, if you can remember back this far, was initially a trialist with the Monarchs in preseason and was committed to a collegiate career at Stanford before opting to eventually sign with said Monarchs. There continue to be lots of new faces for this Monarchs team as they struggle to establish a consistent 11-man roster, so we can make it difficult to keep up. This was pretty similar last year with Tyrone Mondi now out with injury. He suffered one in the 23rd minute was replaced by Jarvie. You'd have to assume we'll see more of Jarvie, who is yet to start a game, but time will tell. 15-year-old forward Axel Kai remains out with an ankle injury and has yet to play a single minute of pro soccer in 2023, and that's a huge bummer. The Monarchs will head on the road to play against Houston Dynamo 2 next weekend on Sunday, May 14th at 5 p.m. Mountain Time at the wonderfully named Sabercats Stadium. And that is all I have for you two today on the Monarchs Minute. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. It's sad that Tyron Wandy is injured. Um... I've been high on him, and I've always thought he looks he looked very good with the Monarchs. So unfortunate for Mondi. Hopefully, he can get better uh, better soon. But uh, Cody, do you have any final comments before we leave the Monarchs minute? If you guys have the option to sign with the Monarchs or commit to a collegiate career at Stanford on, like, say, a scholarship, which do you take? I take you college, know, it's, a, so it's an even tougher question because Stanford's actually a good soccer college. I, I, so I, I, is it like a good college college? But I like, take college because then I could play for RSL. I would take right? the immediate. Well, I mean, because then I went to college. Good, but how often are it's true? Yeah, monarchs really called up. I don't know. I think it would be tough to turn down 
I, well, I don't know what he's making because like he's not on an MLS roster, so he's not getting that MLS minimum like sixty-five thou. Which, if he was, I mean, it's pretty hard to pass that up, especially right. as an eight. Like you think about Axel Kai at fifteen making sixty-five thousand dollars. That's awesome for him. That's terrific. That's amazing. Yep. So that'd be pretty hard to pass up. But I mean, you'd assume he get a pretty nice um, scholarship at Stanford, yep. and that's also worth you know a lot too. Yeah. So like, like I don't how, know, I would good, probably... how good am I? Like I, I don't think we're taking our current talent. You are as good here. as Duncan Jarvie. Only you can answer that. Ethan. <laughs> if I'm as good as Duncan Jarvie, then I'm probably staying at the academy because I'll have a shot at having a, a potential pro career. I think the problem life, is but... that. Adult me would take Stanford and young me would take Monarchs. Signing Current you would now. take Monarchs. And, dude, well, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Realistically now, yeah. <laughs> I, that's a really tough decision. And I kind of, it's it's unique to the United States, obviously, because the college right. route is just not like part of the development plan for soccer players elsewhere. So I think it'll be interesting to see how it adapts as academies become more standardized and more frequent throughout MLS landscapes. But it'll be a question they're con- going to continue to have to grapple with. If there's a way that RSL can maybe offer like post-secondary education as a part of the academy, I don't know. You would assume they could, that right? Cool. I think that would be a pretty good sell to the parents if they partnered with like a UVU or something and they just had uh-huh. kids take classes there as part of a scholarship. Why are they not? Why are they not already doing that? What's going on here? Kyle Beckerman's coaching down there. Just get a Monarch scholarship or something. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Make it happen. Yeah. Okay. That was my only question regarding it. <laughs> okay, well then I guess it's uh I guess it's naturally time to go ahead and move on. Like I mentioned before, we've got nothing on our Royal Roundup, so Car- Cody, I'm sorry we'll have to meet, mute you for that segment. Uh not allowed to talk. <laughs> That's okay. We'll get some news eventually. It's just we're obviously slow right now while they're figuring their team yes. out still. So eventually, eventually it'll happen. Uh club news, nothing that uh that we can really think of. And so we're gonna go ahead and move on to our review of the Houston game last night. And uh, for the second week in a row, I don't have a lot to, <laughs> to run down for the scoreline because there were no goals in this game for either side. This game ends in a 0-0 draw. Um, plenty of opportunities, though, for both sides. It was a pretty open game. Um, I, I would say that uh, RSL maybe had, I, I felt, maybe the better of the chances, but the, Houston definitely had their moments in the game where, uh, where they looked very threatening and opportunistic to be able to score a goal. Um, stats in this game, 16 total shots from Houston, but only four of those on target. RSL had 13 shots, but five of those were on target. Um, RSL has a lower than average pass accurate accuracy in this game at 79%. Uh, their possession was 39%, a little lower than usual as well. 12 fouls committed as opposed to eight for Houston. Um, this game was was open, and there were a lot of opportunities for both teams. Notable that Corey Baird, uh, ex-RSL player, was facing us in this game. Unfortunately, the thing I think I missed the most about this game was that there was no taters. Um, taters most definitely would have been starting in this game for Houston. Unfortunately, Go taters! Suffered an injury earlier this year and is out for the season. And so uh, we wish the best of luck in, uh, in taters recovery and hope he can get back soon so he can play RSL someday. But um, I think that's what this game missed the most was... Uh, was probably Taters. Was me tweeting out his dad yelling, go Taters. Yes, that's true. Notable <laughs> in this game, Bertan Yakison gets his first MLS start after being drafted by RSL this year. As a rookie, it's great to see him out there getting some minutes. Um, and then also, Andrew Brody returns to the lineup after a lengthy time with an injury. 
Um, it was also noted that Jasper Leffelsen, uh, because of injury, would not be able to play in this game. Uh, you remember last week, Pablo Ruiz also had a red card. So it was Brian Ojeda and Scott Caldwell that started things in the midfield for us. And then a late uh, piece of news with injuries, uh, Marcelo Silva would be unable to play in this game. And so Brian Vera ended up slotting in at the center back position with Brian Oviedo on the left. And as, a, as I mentioned before, Andrew Brody on the right. Uh, Michael Chang also starts this game over Andres Gomez, presumably uh, to rest Andres Gomez for the Open Cup game midweek against Portland, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. But guys, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on this game? And uh, was it was it a good game for RSL? We got a point on the road, right? You said presumably that Andres Gomez was benched for the Open Cup game, but didn't Pablo say that it was for Michael Chang's defensive work rate? Yeah, but that's cap. That's not, that's, that's, that's absolutely not what well, it was. Like, well, I feel we might as well acknowledge that the, the man himself said it was because Michael Chang uh, works more defensively. Yes, and than you Andres saw my Gomez rant is. on Twitter about how good yeah. Andres Gomez has been defensively that's this year. I bring back, this up. So. Andres Gomez does so much defensively and so much yes. well. He doesn't just yes. like run back and pretend to defend. Like he, he actually these guys, guys up. He, is he wins the ball a lot. He's able to then move forward quickly. So <laughs> Ethan, as you put it so succinctly, it did feel indeed like cap that that was the reason that he was on the bench. I would love to think that they were saving him for the open cup game. And my guess is he will start that match. But I don't know that that might have been the reason. I think he truly believes that Michael Chang was more deserving based on his defensive abilities. And I agree wholeheartedly, Ethan, that I don't understand that in the slightest because Michael Chang is just not a great defender. Like he's he's kind of got that Justin Miriman and where he, he yeah. will run back and actively look like he's involved without doing anything. And there is a way to be, you know, defensively minded and to look like you're not doing much. You know, you know the old colloquialism that. You know, when a defensive end has a great game, you don't really notice it. But that's not what I think they do, being Miraman Chang. I think they really just like to run back and be in the box as they watch guys walk right by them. So I agree. I don't know why Andres Gomez didn't start this game. I thought he should have. I think he is so good and so much fun and ultimately the second best player on RSL right now behind Jefferson Savarino. And I don't know that it's yep. particularly close. Nope. But as you mentioned, was this a good game for RSL? Yeah. Yeah, this is a good game. I mean, Houston's a decent team. They are hadn't, hadn't lost undefeated at home. At home. Yeah. They needed a goal at home either. At home. So, you know, an extremely renewed team under new head coach Ben Olsen. So I think this is a great result. And the second, I, I think it's a great result of bad performance, if that's if that makes sense. I think we squandered a lot of chances. I felt like we still don't have a really refined attacking identity. I think the 4-4-2 with a flat midfield still doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't think you have gotten anything out of Rubio Rubin through 10 yeah, games. And so what is the point of playing him over a guy like, I don't know, Diego Luna or, and maybe a four, two, three, one Masofsky. or even, yeah. Or even yeah. just like another striker. Like, I just don't know what you're getting out of him, even in hold up and build up play that is justifying his penned in name on the starting 11. Like he is the guy presumably up there. He's like, he's like, However, he's like Sergio Cordova last year, man. And we played Sergio through his down period. And then that yeah, led better. to a very fruitful I'm second half of the season. That. So maybe that's what they're banking on. But I just he's can't like, imagine that that's going to be the case. But I didn't imagine it to be the case with Sergio either. You know, I did name him Snortova right about this point <laughs> in the season last year. So I don't know. However, Berton Jacquesin looked super fun. Super, yep. super fun. That little bicycle kick attempt was awesome. The little nutmeg through ball into Jefferson Savarino mm -hmm. in the penalty area was also awesome. 
I think he might have something. He's he the might guy. have something assisted, in the tank, man. He almost assisted Carlos Gomez, too. And this is, oh, I think, nice. going to be a broader discussion that I'm going to oh, pitch nice. to you guys. But if you had turned on the television and say, oh, I don't know, the 69th minute, nice. which you know, would be nice in and of its own right, would you have known that Demir Krylock was on the field? Wait, Dommy played no. this? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so excited to be like, yeah, that's my exact point. And then I saw your JK in, in your eyes. Yeah, dude, he came on with 20 minutes and did like yeah. just about nothing. Mm-hmm. Against tired legs, coming off of a bench roll against Seattle as well. Maybe this is just part of his recovery from 120 minutes on... You know when he's going to play, know, right? Badfield in the Open Cup. He's going to start in the Open Cup game, I hope. Yeah, I, maybe, I would think Because so. they think they're probably going to assume that's like turf. lower stakes minute. Ooh, wait, wait, yeah, you're right. Providence Park turf. There's no way he's starting that game. Yeah. Right? Then why Ooh. didn't he start? I don't know. Maybe you rest him to keep him fully healthy for LAFC. However, regardless of if he's healthy or not, I don't know where or if he fits into this team. He created nothing you know in what? his time it, it's absolutely like, nothing he didn't get into good spots he didn't really combine yeah. very well it kind of he feels had, like there might be a wash between he and rubin up top for like that position an, maybe oh, like, and that is just the darkest I, thing i've I ever will, heard i will say life. right now i think if demir gets the playing time that rubin has gotten i think he does do more that, with that is this year and I do think because so. he's a much better finisher dami does yes, have right. the ability to you know change the game in one moment because he is a much much better finisher as we saw in vancouver he really only needed the one moment but he did not even look close to getting into any of those no, good spots didn't. going forward in this game danny musaski looked a lot brighter than I think Dami did in his minutes. And he is, again, recovering from injury, so you want to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. True. But at 34 years old and as a designated player on the roster, although he can be bought down, boy, howdy, you've got to expect more. And so for me, and this is what I want to pitch to you guys, is Dami, or should Dami be a regular starter, or should he be best utilized as a super sub coming off the bench? Does either one get you excited at all at this point, even? I think I would be excited. I would be excited if he placed replaced Rubio Rubin. I'm okay as an out and out striker. Yeah, like a four four two. I'm okay yes. with that I, because I liked him at that position too. We haven't seen anything yeah. from Rubio. No assists. No. So goals. it's not that you're stoked that Dami's coming in. It's that you're stoked that I'm Rubin stoked is on that he would out. be replacing Rubin. Rubin's on a milk carton yeah. right now. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> Dami did that. Whew, Dami that extension looks so bad. That extension yeah. from Elliot looks so bad right now. Giving yeah, a dude, a 34-year-old midfielder, coming off a year-long back injury before he's played a single minute in preseason, an extra year, unless that salary is extremely reduced and well under the DP threshold, which we're going to find out in the middle of the summer when they drop those players' union numbers. Boy, howdy, man. That is it's a bad signing. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it for what Dami means to the team, yeah. for what he means from like a leadership yep. perspective and a locker room presence. I hate it. I hate that it's a bad move. But as you know, Brian Dunseth is always one to point out, it was a bad move from a like media and fan perspective to let Javi go, but it was absolutely the right like player personnel move because he went to Dallas and looked absolutely toast in that last year that he played. So while it might not have been fun, man, I really hope we haven't locked up too many resources in Dami if he can't play. Maybe this, again, is part of his road to recovery from that long back injury, and that would make me glad to know that they're not forcing him back too quickly. But man alive, did he look lost for 21 yeah. minutes. I have a question for you guys. I'm listening. Who do you think's older, Danny Musovsky or Corey Baird? Danny Musovsky, just because you're pitching the question. Corey Baird. 
That is a trick question. They're the same age. <laughs> you rapscallion. Which you. blows my mind because Corey Baird won Rookie of the Year with us, and he is now 27 years old, which wow. is just, that's crazy to me. That's as old as a human has ever been, coming from me, the 23-year-old. <laughs> I cannot possibly imagine being that old. That is I'm going to pose another old. question to you guys. With what we've seen from all of our strikers this year, aside from Anderson Julio, would you take Corey Baird over over, over all of them? Oh, my word not not no. not Bertan. I, I i i from what i've seen last night and from what i've seen from Bertan in the preseason not seen but heard from Bertan in the preseason <laughs> i would prefer him because he just he looks electric man he looks like he's got opportunity to be able to be the guy for the team potentially i don't know yeah i don't know that Corey Baird really moves the needle. And again, it's always hard to look at these things in context of how they would look on RSL's roster. Yep. Does a player look terrific for LAFC and then come to RSL and he's not surrounded by 10 other fantastic MLS players? Does he lose quite a lot of value? I think yes, most of the time. Yeah, Boanga, you know. But I'm looking <laughs> at, uh, you know, I keep uh, Googling uh, German Canals uh, scoring records. This guy. Who we could have had, like, what, six years ago now at this point. And he continues to just demolish wherever he's at and score in absolute bucket loads. And I think, would he be that same player for RSL? Like, ever since Avarino goes down to Brazil and wins a bunch of trophies and makes a bunch of goals and assists, and now he comes here, and it's like the drop-off because of the guys you're surrounded by is so stark yep. yeah. that I don't know that Corey Baird looks anything more than he looked when he was here previously, because if anything, the roster's gotten worse since then. True. I think. Yeah. And he was playing with Albert, Dami and Sava, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. like presumably when you've only got one of those three consistently contributing to the starting 11, it must be yep. uh, a little bit of a drop off, you know, I not believe... to take anything away from Carlos Gomez, but Andres Gomez. Right. Oh, I did it again. Ethan, I saw you <laughs> immediately perk up. You were going to correct I me. Believe... So I apologize. Corey Baird's goal tally in his rookie rookie of the year campaign was nine goals, and he has yet to match that again. He, so, I mean, honestly, he hasn't made a difference for Houston. He's got two assists to start. The and year. we could talk about like who would be a better forward all we want, but the opportunities aren't even really getting created. So I don't yeah, know that it totally too. matters. Like so many of well, our shots in this yeah. game come from outside the box in difficult areas that I don't know that anybody really moves the yeah. needle all that much. The chances that we do get that are close are chances from strikers that I think are still difficult. The Chang one was Sabrina a really good save. Had a curler Mark. in like the very beginning of the game that almost Again, dipped in. Man. from outside the box, like 41 seconds That's in. True. Yeah, and it's that Sava shot where he gets in like on the outside shoulder, cuts it back, yep. and then rips it far post. Yep. But that's a shot that I still think he gets off without you know, a much improved striker. The one chance from Bertin that he gets on the half bicycle kick, oh my. I don't know that anybody's really putting that one away with any sort of consistency. Gomez had a shot late that was nice. But again, our strikers just aren't getting into good spots. Our wingers are. You know, Gomez, Chang, and Savarino were really the creators in most of this game. But Bertine didn't have so many chances that I thought, like, a better striker puts that away. So I think it starts a little bit further back in the chance creation process because we're just still trying to find our way. At the beginning of the year, it was purely just cross balls in and hope to get ahead on them. And we've moved away from that in... uh, yeah. Generally speaking, you know, we used to outcross teams like four to one, and now we actually look pretty in line with, I think, the rest of the league slowly but surely. And we're starting to play a little bit more through the middle, as you can see from some of our heat maps. But I just don't know that that changes much without a central creator that is able to actually find line breaking passes. And that guy is certainly not uh, Scott Caldwell. 
and definitely not a Mecca Anelli, who, despite my inflection, actually did have a pretty good yeah. 45 minutes. And I'm not frustrated at him. I'm just frustrated at the process because I don't know what we're gaining by playing two strikers that is so much better than what we would have if we were playing a number 10, like, oh, I don't know, Diego Luna, and allowing for more of a 4-2-3-1 setup and better numbers in midfield, asking guys like Pablo Ruiz and Brian Ojeda to be able to do less and to be more focused on what they are doing and do it well. And it's just so frustrating that it's there seems to be no impetus to change anything at all. Yeah. From a guy like Pablo who has said in the past, like if you expect to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, like you're crazy. So like, why is this so, why is he so seemingly hell bent on this formation? Yeah. Credit to Houston as well. Um, They're a good team defensively. And as we mentioned, haven't conceded a goal at home, undefeated at home. Like they played a good game as well. So I, I would maybe attribute a little bit of it to that. But, I mean, you mentioned Scott Caldwell. There were several times in this game where he got absolutely cooked. Like, looked very questionable defensively. Looked slow. Unfortunately, not up to MLS speed. Um, this was, I don't know if you guys saw the, or if you can see the picture. I posted this in the chat yesterday. I was like, Pablo post-game, like, quick sell Scott Caldwell. Because <laughs> that was that was tough from Scott Caldwell. Um, Love the guy, but unfortunate game from him. Mike L. Chang did some things over on the right side, um, but not enough. Jefferson Savarino, I thought he had a fine game, had some shots, some opportunities, created a little bit. Um, the thing that I want to point out and talk about that I personally have been a proponent of and really enjoyed from this game was seeing Brian Vera play center back and Brian Oviedo play on the left. Um, obviously, we didn't get a goal, but hey, it's the second shutout of the season, right? Okay, that's great. Like, second shutout of the season. And I thought the combination, again, with Brian Oviedo up the left side with uh, with Jefferson Zavarino was good. Um, I didn't produce anything in this game, unfortunately. But um, I, I I don't love Andrew Brody on the right side. But it's it's like, I don't know. I, I he, did, he, he, did, he did better this game. He did better. He did. Um, I, for some I reason, thought Brian Barrett looked terrible at center back. I thought he looked okay. He, Brian Vera made some mistakes. He had two moments, specifically in the 55th minute, where he steps up to apply pressure and allows Corey Baird to just stand right in behind him. And that's the one that Baird rips off the post. If that goes in, I think there's much more of a microscope on that moment from Brian Vera. And I think it was largely forgiven because it didn't. Uh, well, it's the same thing in with Seattle. He gave Seattle. the ball to a Seattle player last week, like right there. Remember on Grandma's doorstep, we were talking about this one. <laughs> Grandma's doorstep, right to Buddy, um, right before he's about to score. Like it's the same thing. If he scores, it's a different thing. Like it's all on Brian Vera on that play. Like and in the 90th minute, he gives up a similar one that Brian Oviedo gets an absolute toenail to to save from Houston being one-on-one in on goal against Zach McMath. If that one goes in, I think Brian Vera again that just helps my narrative. I appreciate it. It does. That. It does. No, I don't dislike Brian Oviedo. I think he might be a better left back than Brian Vera, but Brian Vera, the center back, is not my favorite experiment He's, going on so, right now at okay, RSL. Question for both of you then. Is it Brian Vera? Like, if you're playing that center back position, would you rather have starting Brian Vera or Eric Holt? Oh, man. My lawyer just handed me my contract, and I am unfortunately legally obligated to say that I would rather take Haziel Orozco over both of those two. <laughs> Not but he option, says buddy. if I had to choose one, I would still take Brian Vera. Yep. Okay. That's, so, Brian I mean, Vera would be easy. It, both of our shutouts have come with Brian Vera in the starting lineup and Brian Oviedo, uh, coincidentally enough. And so, like, while, the, while Brian Vera does make some mistakes, and it happened in this game at center back, 
it's it's hard. No Marcelo Silva. Like he's not. I I thought he might have a shot at potentially competing for a starting job at center back this year. But when Mar- Marcelo Silva and Justin Glad are healthy, they aren't getting touched this year. And so, but if one of those guys does go down to injury, it's like I guess Brian Vera's the next best option to throw in there as center back. So and like, I, and I think I Brian Vera does more good than he does bad. That's fair. I just think that hit bad things he does end up being. <laughs> Right on display for everyone to see. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know that he offers to. I, maybe he's still settling in, but those two just seem like individual errors and not as like a part of a system. So I don't think it's like a systemic problem with the way that he's being asked to play. I think it's just truly an individual misstep because he steps to apply pressure to the Houston player on just beyond the edge of the 18 with his back to goal. And he's really not a threat at all. And truly it is Glad's guy that he would have to take. And he's not able to do anything um with his body positioning to take away an angle of any danger, he's not shooting in that direction. So it was just a really, really bad step that let Corey yeah. Bear get in behind. And if Bear puts that one just a little bit lower in that sweet spot that Jasper Leffelson was telling us about right near the goalie's head, yeah. I think that one probably goes in. And, you know, who who knows from there. But Brian Bear for me was probably the weakest link in this game. And that's saying something considering he got a 7.3 on his spot mob rating. I just don't know that I saw it. I guess. I'm probably overlooking Scott Caldwell, but yeah. I just Scott don't know. Brian Bear for me just half, had so. two really bad possible game-changing moments, and I thought Glad was a whole lot cleaner. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Justin Glad was great I, in this game. One of the other things I wanted to talk about, too, I I thought Emekinelli looked great coming Same. in at halftime. Yeah. For some reason, he looks great every time they put him on the and field. And wherever he's playing, that, like, too. In the midfield. Yeah. In I, think he, I think he's looked really solid. Um, another Another thing I wanted to point out, too, is that this game so easily could have been a loss for Real Salt Lake. Yeah. This was purely to me, it seemed like Houston not finishing their chances, not That's being true. in the goal in front of goal. If that, like you said, Alex, if that Baird shot's a little bit lower, it, it's a goal. If I don't remember who it was that gets a shot on the right side, but they're wide open to take a shot against McMath and they just skied it over the, over the goal. If that's on target, you have a really was good it, was chance Kata of making Skia? that goal. I think it was. I think it was him. And, and then not, there's uh, not to say that Arsenal didn't have chances either. You know, we mentioned true. that we it's could true. have easily lost this game one year, but we probably could have won it almost as easily. You know, our it's expected true. goals is almost the exact same with us having the point zero two edge over the Houston Dynamo, sitting at just yeah. about one expected goal. So I think that rings largely true. And you know, their man of the match has to be Steve Clark, right? Yeah. So oh yeah. And you yeah, expect think, that with Clark against RSL, which is unfortunate because I hate that dude's face so much. Like he just looks, I just he looks terrible. Yeah. And maybe it's just his time in Portland that has like colored <laughs> me in my opinions of him that way. But he just like when I see him, I just know it's gonna be a good game from him, and I I hate it. I'll hate just get so triggered much. by Steve Clark. I know, and he just looks so smug, and he does all that like stupid time wasting stuff that I loved so much from. Uh, David Ochoa, but he just doesn't do it as well. You know, like Ochoa is so much more of a showman about it. And Clark is just so, just so frustrating to look at. I just, I'm staring at his face right now on Fat Mom and it just makes me mad. <laughs> I hate like his he has haircut. A face. I hate his eyes are so close together. I thought he's just this 37. Oh my word. This is what, what Alex does uh, in the late nights after Houston games and Portland games have passed. And he just looks at Steve Clark's face and just gets triggered. Where was Steve Clark when we signed Zach McMath? Because if he was available, we should have got Steve Clark just so he could keep doing it to us. <laughs> he, he, did, <laughs> he did have a great game. Um, 
Notably, on guys like Andres Gomez, Diego Luna, Danny Masowski, Demir Kralak, they were all av- available, as some of them were mentioned already, off the bench in this game. And they played a little bit, but it, it, it looks like Pablo is most likely saving a majority of these guys for fresh legs for midweek game against Portland that we're going to talk about in a second. But um, yeah, I, th- there wasn't much of a difference when they came in. Um, like as opposed to the guys that that had been on the field before, so I didn't notice too much of a difference. My last thing I will say about this game: Zach McMath played pretty well. Gets a clean sheet, but he had a very good save on a shot that was deflected, and in a split second had to make a decision to jump back the other way and make a, a really good reactionary Phenomenal save. Babe. Phenomenal save! You can see his hand position move while he's like, like mid fall to yeah. adjust yeah. to the deflection. It was sensational. It was a really good save. A solid save. From the angle that they showed on TV, it looked like it bounced off the post. And then yeah. in the replays that they showed, it, it, it was great uh, reaction and adjustment from him to make that save. That was the other point I was going to make earlier is that, yes, Steve Clark was was good, but McMath also had some solid saves, mm-hmm. especially that, that reaction save that he had to make. Um, one of the other things that I, I wanted to talk about too was, I know you already talked about Bertine a little bit at striker. I thought he provided a little bit I thought he provided more than a lot of the other strikers we've seen for Real Salt Lake yes. so far. The service that he had to Savarino, the service that he had to Gomez, the positioning he had at least for the for that the half bicycle kick that he had. And honestly, I thought that could have been a goal if if you know Steve Clark doesn't doesn't get to it. If it's a little bit further wide, it, it could have gone in. Um, but really, his positioning, his playmaking ability from that striker position, I, I don't think I can't think of any other strikers we've had that have been able to make plays make those passes the same way that he did the carlos gomez pass that he made is such a simple pass when you look at it but where the defenders are at (laughs) on the andres gomez Gomez pass is a very simple pass except when you look at where the defenders are at it's not something that people see all the time but all bertine does is play a simple pass right to him and he's wide open he's onside and it's a good shot that is at at a tough angle it bounces off the keeper's chest but that that simple of a pass, as dumb as it sounds, is what we've missed in the past sometimes. It's just that simple final pass to get a good shot. Yeah. And it's it's unselfish play, and we definitely need more of that to, to turn good shots into great shots. It's kind of crazy that Pablo Mastreni was like going through the striker death chart, and he just like seemed to be throwing guys out there. And he's like, all right, if you do well, like you're going to keep playing. And if not, like you're out. Like kind of felt that way with Elijah Paul. Like just because Elijah Paul was drafted ahead of Bertan, I feel like he got the first shot. But I had always felt like Bertan probably should have gotten the first shot at uh, at coming in and playing at striker. And he seems like he's kind of surpassed Elijah Paul at this point on the depth chart. So, I don't know. and we'll you know, you say that that they've been giving chances to everybody, and they just base it on how they do. Except for Rubio Rubin. Except for Rubin. Yeah, man. He's just canceled <laughs> in there. Just, just there just the like, Why can't we see, uh, you know, we've pronounced it maybe half a dozen different ways on this podcast now, according to those boys over at the Wasatch Soccer Sentinel and off the crossbar, it's Berton. So that's what I'm going to go with. Berton, yeah, Jacqueson. Berton, not Bertan or Bertine, but Berton, I do believe. We'll just call him Bertie. Let's just call him Bert. Bert yeah, yeah, we'll call him, we we'll call him the young Bert. The young Bert. <laughs> If he could play next to Elijah Paul, who's to say that wouldn't be better than Rubio Rubin? I don't know. It, I actually might like that. And maybe that's something we see in the Open Cup, but I just don't. I still think that functionally it's not going to change much because they're not being asked to do anything different than Rubio would be. You know, if it's an if it's a now you got me all sorts of screwed up. If it was Anderson <laughs> Julio, like he's he's definitely got a different role and a different task to do than Rubio or Jacqueson. 
But without him, like they're pretty much playing the same role. So it just comes down to, is he a better finisher and passer than Rubin? Because other than that, what is Rubin really offering you? I don't know that he does much in the buildup or link up play. Especially, I mean, he's done more. I feel like he's actually kind of dropped off in the last couple of weeks. I yeah. was going to say that I think he's done more, but I don't actually know that that's true. I felt like he had a really good game against not San Jose, but the team we smacked before San Jose, Charlotte. And I feel like since then it hasn't been the same same level from him. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. again, yeah. He, came, he came to our Kaye night and was an excellent time. So it's really hard to say bad things about Rubio. It's, it's the same thing as Scott Caldwell. It's a fa- he's a fantastic person, fantastic individual, just... A little lacking on the field, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I, I hope Domi can really pick it up because then we could have Burton Domi instead of Burton Ernie. But uh, that'd be fun. <laughs> um, all right. Savarino looked bad. There we go. That's the last thing I want to say. Savarino has these games, man, where he just kind of disappears. Just kind of sort of yep. his thing, which is fine. Yeah. I don't know. You can't be expected yeah, to be fantastic I, I, every I, time. But when he's, you know, a new midfield pairing, too, of Ojeda and Caldwell that we haven't true. seen all year. That's what I think was so, a big, And, a big you know, a guy counter him in Michael Chang that um, is not going to offer nearly what Carlos Gomez did. I can't believe we've made it this far and really haven't brought him up. Diego Luna. Andres Gomez, but yes, sorry. Keep going. Did I do it again? You did. You guys both. I'm going to correct you every time just for God, You should. Please do. I need to get that down. Let's That's call so him frustrating Gomez, not the keeper. Because now I've made it to the point where I've done it so many times that I like overthink it. And I think, oh, it's on. Oh, no, I know it's not Andres because that's what I say every time. And then I switch it. And it's, it's just terrible <laughs> for me. But Diego Luna coming on for Jefferson Sabarino was weird to me. I didn't really understand why. I mean, Saba didn't look good but he's still Sava. I, I felt like you could have, if you really wanted to go for it, which we could have, like the game got wide open there yeah. near near the end. I, I felt like there were other guys you could have pulled off ahead of him. But regardless, Diego Luna seeing six to 10 minutes in this game is again frustrating. I personally believe he could have played in that midfield spot alongside Brian Ojeda in, in place of Emeka Anelli. Not everyone seems to agree in that it's just totally fine. I think the Emeka Anelli sub went fine too. I thought he played well, so I'm not super upset about it. I just think you could have pulled Ojeda for Luna in the 80th and run it for 10 minutes and just had seen what kind of chances you were able to put away because there were chances to be had. Yep. And I think he would have offered maybe even more than a Demir Krylock, which is which is a bummer. But I felt like he had more in his legs than Dami did and would have had more of an ability to create. Regardless, it just seems like this is the way things are going to be. I don't know that Diego Luna is going to get a chance anytime soon outside of the Open Cup. So we just have to cross our fingers and hope that he goes into Providence Park and puts up a fantastic performance. Well, I think that's a perfect segue into our next segment. We're going to go ahead and preview the U.S. Open Cup game for RSL this week against Portland. It'll be a road game once again for the Open Cup in Portland. Kickoff time is 8.30 p.m. late game at Providence Park Wednesday night this week. Um be sure to potentially be ready to stay awake for a while because that's what happened with the Las Vegas <laughs> Lights game. So we never know what will happen in this game. But um, for my score prediction in this game, I, I'm i going to – it's tough because it's a turf game and yeah, turf sucks. Um, and uh, I, I don't know what kind of lineup Pablo is thinking of putting out there. It looks like it's going to be some sort of combination with like – Demir Kral- I, I think Krylock actually starts. He'll probably be taken off at, at halftime like they planned against the Lights, but – um, and, and I think it'll actually happen this time. Um, Gomez looks like he's going to be starting in this game. Diego Luna probably starting as well. I think Danny Wasowski probably starts in this game. 
um, which would be cool. And uh, I'd actually like Bertan to start. I, I think Danny Moslavski and Bertan Jakobsen could be a really interesting pairing up top in this game. It's against an MLS team, Portland. So I have to think that Pablo, like, we got to win. Like, last year, we didn't get a win in the Open Cup. We didn't get this opportunity to play in the sec- the next round. Um, and so I got to think Pablo goes for it. And so I'm going to say this game ends. Also keep in mind, Portland, maybe their best, well, one of their best defensive midfielders, Eric Williamson, suffered an injury and is out for the season. They had another injury. They've had some really tough injuries. And so I'm going to say that this game goes 1-1 at the end of regulation. And I think we get penalties. So I'm going to say it goes to penalties and RSL wins on pens. So how about that for a fun wow. and interesting game? Um, Cody, I'm going to go to you. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Uh, it's funny you say that because I also was <laughs> picturing this game going to pens. See, you can tell uh, that we're brothers because I feel like we have so many <laughs> similar thoughts of like everything. It's kind of funny. But I'll be honest with you. That's me being optimistic. If I look at Portland's last couple results, they drew against Austin and they beat St. Louis. They beat Seattle before that. And they beat Seattle before that. And that doesn't have me very excited to play against them. Um, so I optimistically, I'll say 2-2 and it goes to penalties. And I'm going to say we lose in penalties. Alex. Wow. Uh, I think we get shellacked like 4-1. to one. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we have got our first ever road victory in the Open Cup a week ago. Barely. And I don't think that we can follow that up exactly. Barely against a middling to terrible USL team. I don't think we can follow that up with another I don't imagine that the starting 11. Well, Brian Ruiz or Pablo Ruiz did get this week off. He'll play. So maybe he, he'll play. He'll he will start. play and he'll probably start. He started the last so one. So I was too. glad. I bet Ojeda plays next to him and they save Leffelson for LAFC. Yeah. I think we're going to put out a reasonable starting 11. I don't think it matters. And I do think we get crushed. And I think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be like 4 1. And that's what I'm going to say. Make any difference for you guys, us playing uh, an MLS team versus a non MLS team? I actually because think it's probably better for us that we're playing. I, I was going to say, I think it is too. It, it, because... I'm sure it makes Pablo probably want to play a better lineup, which I hope is the case. Well, I think the reality is that the non MLS teams are going for it. Yeah, that's this true. Is that's it for them. This is everything. This is where they want to play. And these MLS teams play backups. Like, regardless of if they say they're going to go for it or not, they play backups. We play subs. Which, like, so great teams play three games in a week. All the time. Like yep. it's not like the most unheard of thing in the world. So that whole squad rotation thing, while true, I think is used as an excuse far more often than um, you know, really great clubs that are constantly tracing chasing trophies rather make it out to be. Yep. So whatever. Yep. I don't know. Would it would it entirely I, I shock you if I told you that right now in MLS play, Portland only has one more point than we do? It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me because I looked at the standings right before we recorded this. So I actually knew that. But as as you mentioned, thank you, thank you, thank you. As you mentioned, like the standings in the West are so tight. You know, if we had won, we jump all the way up to sixth, which while cool is frustrating because it means we're going to be, quote, in the playoff hunt, no matter what we do. (laughs) It's going to be last year. Exactly. Exactly. All we're going to do is we're going to be bad to middling come summer the transfer window will come we will get somebody literally on the last day of the transfer window they will come in two weeks after the window is closed it will be just enough to get us into a playoff spot probably on decision day and we'll go out in either the first or second round and nothing will have changed but that's Quote that's it. for next week that's a, that's another episode write it down when we win Alex, one cup this year. 
I'm ready to tell me when MLS. You know, you know, Pablo said earlier in the year that this is a MLS is a league of streaks, only for the bad teams. <laughs> you know, the really great teams are constantly on a good streak. That's True. that's just how it is. You know, it's only a streaky yeah. league for middling to bad teams, and for great teams, it is a uh, a league of just constant winning streaks. LAFC just lost their first game of the year nine games into the season. Like for the great teams, the Seattle's, the St. Louis's, they've only had great streaks this year. And so it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be a streaky league where you go through major, major ups and downs and plateaus. Like it just doesn't have to be that way. You can constantly be competing in this league week in, week out. You can do it. I promise you can do it. Well, regardless, I'm excited. Open Cup always brings some fun, interesting upsets around the league. Hopefully, RSL doesn't lose this game and they win. That'd be pretty cool. Um, make sure to watch Talk the world. It'll be a middle middle of the week Wednesday night game, 8.30 p.m. kickoff time. Make sure to, uh, again, prepare to be prepared to stay up late. Cody and I are predicting penalties, so that could happen. That'd be really fun. Um, let's go ahead and move on to... Speaking of LAFC, the LAFC game preview. LAFC travels here. Uh, to Utah to face RSL. This will be a home game, 7.30 p.m. kickoff time. Uh, LAFC are currently third in the West on 18 points. And uh, as Alex just mentioned, they just lost their first game this last week against the San Jose Earthquakes 2-1. to one. Um, Man, for RSL playing LAFC, it's uh, always a tough match, uh, usually for RSL. Um, we do get Pablo Ruiz back for this game after the red card suspension. Um, Alex, you mentioned potentially Jasper Levelson will be available for this game um, after battling through an injury. I, I think Pablo is kind of hoping to get guys like him and maybe even a Marcelo Silva back. To, we don't know the severity of Marcelo Silva's injury currently, so hoping maybe he's available for that game. And like, I hope it matters, but I don't know if it does. Um, I also just realized that we forgot to talk about our ones to watch for uh, <laughs> for the Open Cup game. Um, That's fine. The only answer is Diego Luna. Anything outside of that is incorrect. I would so say Andres broken. Gomez. That's fine. Because Hold he on. provided yeah, a massive spark in the lights game. Um, but yeah, I, Andres Gomez I would, and Diego Luna are the only two guys. Carlos Gomez. <laughs> Who's Carlos? <laughs> wow. Um, terrific. Full circle moment here on RSL Season Pass. <laughs> oh, jeez. Did I say Carlos? Yeah. I, I did? think twice. Oh my god! I don't think I don't. I don't know if he did. But oh, I thought he did. I said Andre. No, I don't know. See now, I, now it's just the same. Play it back. Same, I said like Carlos, vocal notes. Just play it back. They just are just, play it they back. Are what, they are one in the same. Put a user out did, there. Go, if you didn't, I'll go back and edit it so you did. So Put, no, know, isn't his full name technically Carlos Andres? It Gomez? is Carlos Andres Gomez, but his, yeah, like, mine's Michael Mauer, but I prefer to go by Alex. So uh, we should really have it down by now, Cody. You and I are in shambles. Well, he's going to be Carlos to me. All right. Well, I don't know who Carlos is. Let's go ahead and move <laughs> on, though, to the, the LAFC preview. Um, dang, man. As I mentioned, I, I really want RSL to win this game, but it's hard for me to see that happening, especially with a guy like Dennis Buonga on the absolute tear he is on this season. I think Buonga gets at least two goals in this game, and that's not a stretch at all. Um, and I think RSL loses this game. Um, they're playing at home, so I'm going to give them a goal. I would say 3-1. 3-1 loss, LAFC. I, I hope LAFC it doesn't are special, though. man. They are they're special. Really and good. I bet they're going to be just full of fire after losing their first game of the year. And I bet you they're going to come in here 
just raring to go. They're probably going to have some CCL game surrounding this one, though. Am I right? I'm looking at the Philadelphia schedule. No, they, they have a game on the night. Oh, they don't play till the 31st. So, no, I thought they played okay. much sooner than that. So, no, Wait. they don't have anything. They play Open Cup. Though, open no? cup. Yeah, they, they play Tuesday the against Monterey Bay. Oh, and then they do have a game Wednesday against Kansas City, but Kansas City is horrific this year. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This one. I bet they come into Rio Tinto Stadium. Yes, that is what I'm calling it. No, this is not a Carlos Andres Gomez moment. I'm just choosing to call it by its proper name. Same. And I think they just smack dab work us for 90 straight minutes. And I bet it's... Yeah, 3-1 sounds good, but I'm going to make it even worse and just say 3-0 just just really? to be different because it's the kind of Guys are brutal am. after back-to-back clean sheets. It's LAFC, man. It's LA, yeah, it's LAFC. I know. Like, we, we just we just held a clean sheet against Seattle, though. Cody's like 7-0 RSL. I, I mean, you make a really good point, but I, I, mean, I don't like your good point. I like my good point <laughs> that we get crushed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... Uh, just to be devil's advocate, I'll go with a draw in this game. I do think we're going to lose. Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth is that supposed to be, dude? <laughs> well, look, you guys are selling us short and saying that we're going to get scored on three times for sure. I mean, you guys are both saying that after we just held two clean sheets. So I don't think that's totally fair to say it's, and just say, hey, we're going to get destroyed yeah. by LAFC because our defense sucks and they're just amazing. And it's like, well, our defense reality, does suck. Corey Bear just hit the bar, you know, like. <laughs> If it's Brian Vera, I think we're in shambles. If it's Marcelo Silva, I think we're in slightly less shambles. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll agree to disagree. I think two zero zero. No, uh, but no, no, that's BS because you disagreed with yourself in the same breath. So don't do you, you be giving me that. You said uh, I'm going to predict a zero zero draw, but I think we're going to lose this game. That doesn't, no, dude. You can't then say that we're agreeing Look, to disagree. You how how do you agree with yourself? Tell me this: How different is a one zero loss versus a three zero or four zero loss for our defense? It's way different, actually. It's way it worse. It is. So if we lose 1-0, is our defense better than if we lose 4-0? Sure. So that's what I mean sure. by saying we need to give our defense a little bit of credit for holding two yeah, no, that's back. He's just, okay. there, there, there is a range and a spectrum of potential results in, in this game. And like a win is there, but it's a very low percentage. I think Cody's just saying, hey, man, this is as optimistic as I can get. I'm going for a draw. I see what you're saying. Well, yeah, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. And that's, all he has uh, to give. that's gonna assume that our defense can hold <laughs> the form <laughs> that they've had for the last couple games. So that's fair. That's fair. I hope I, I take a draw, honestly, against LAFC at home. Would three draws in a row though still feel like a loss or because it's LAFC? It's, it's LAFC would feel like a win okay. for me. I thought so. I think I thought that so feels like a win after the three losses that we had in a row at the beginning of the season that, that should have had some different results. So I would I would take it, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I think I would too. Okay. Um, ones to watch in this game. I'm going to throw... Dennis Moanga. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> going to come out and say it, That's probably the one to oh, watch. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. that is the one to watch. You actually just reminded me of my one to watch, funny enough. Um, so, man, so I, I... Pablo's got this this commitment to Andrew Brody. Like, just playing him at the right back position, especially with, like, Oviedo and Vi- Vera pl- being able to play on the left pretty well. So, like... Did you almost call him Viagra? No, I, <laughs> I th- absolutely I, I not. I heard. Um, a, I thought we got halfway there. On I, I think I almost called him Vieira, 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 Brian Vera. Anyways, Vera and Oviedo will be on the left side, and so he just got this commitment to playing Andrew Brody on the right. Um, 
you know Andrew Brody's going to be my one to watch because guess who he is matched up against most likely? It's Dennis Buonga. Dennis Buonga, he'll, he'll play up top sometimes, but he mostly plays on the left mid left wing side. That's where he that's where he gets his meals, man. Makes his dinner and makes his money, and so um, <laughs> on grandma's doorstep. On grandma's, on grandma's doorstep, twenty four seven. It's Andrew Brody because I. Uh, you need to watch Andrew Brody because if he does bad, it's, it's over. Now, if he holds Dennis Buonga and like somehow, somehow prevents him from like just destroying us, we got a chance. We got a chance. So Andrew Brody, we might want to watch in this game. Oh man. I want to name this episode, Brian Viagra so bad now, but I think I'm going to withhold that from the world. <laughs> My man to watch though is indeed Brian Viagra or sorry, Brian Vera <laughs> rather. And if he's playing left back, I'm a lot more excited than if he's playing center back. However, I would still be bummed Ethan. Well, you know, I think we could go Vera on the left Oviedo on the right and just remove the Brody problem altogether. If Marcelo Silva is healthy. I don't think Pablo's so, going to do that though. I don't think so either. I, ugh, well, I don't know. If he Marcelo's might. back, I think I could see it happening. He already did it once. So, but, yeah, he said it once healthy, and it works. So, yeah, so no. yeah, I don't know. But he's my one to watch. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> never mind. Uh, Alex, yeah. just uh, <laughs> if we're gonna put Alex on mute for one minute now. Cody, uh, go ahead and give us your one to watch for this game. It's funny because Brian Vera was going to be my one to watch as well. And I think that's it's about where he lines up. Yeah. At. If he's playing center back, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that. Yeah. If he plays but, center back for more than four hours, call your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> You've got yourself a Brian dysfunction problem. Um, I think it is important to keep in mind. Oh, he did a hold, family show, man. <laughs> he did hold Jordan Morris pretty quiet against uh, when they were playing against Seattle. So I wonder if maybe they do line him up on the right and sell him, hey, you know, clatter into Boenga. Oh, my God. Boenga a couple of times and uh, just beat him up over there. And, you know, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's what he did against Jordan Morris. He threw a body in a couple of times and I think rattled him a little bit at least. He chopped off to the back of the knee. Beat him I, up. I am going to to pivot and not do a, a defender. I'm going to say our midfield because uh, you need to pick got, one player, my friend. One player. Can I pick the two midfield players? No, nope, uh, you can on pick our team? one of them though. Then I will pick Pablo Ruiz because uh, I think with him coming it. back from suspension, if he's going to play in the Open Cup, then it will be interesting to see if he does also play enough minutes in uh, this game against LAFC. But I'm curious to see if uh, Jasper Leffelson's back. If he's not, then it's likely Ojeda. And that midfield pairing, whatever it turns out to be, is going to have to be rotating between attacking and defending probably the entire game. And they're going to have to do it well. So totally agree. Ethan, compose yourself, my friend. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. And I think, unfortunately, there are going to be a metric bucket load of LAFC fans at this game. It's just funny, I think man. it's going to be yeah. really disappointing if they come in here and they smack us around and there's like 5,000 LAFC fans. There, there's always their 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 uh, supporter section is always packed to the brim. Over What percent? Let's say 5,000 show up. What percent do you think traveled from LA and what percent do you think are Utah natives? Not Utah natives Ooh. rather, but There's a lot because live, a lot of people moved from California over to here to Utah recently, so like there's a good amount so we think it's mostly locals. I think I agree, which is frustrating because I would love it for is mostly local, local, but I can't blame them either. The entire supporter on, section like, is going to be probably a lot of traveling fans, which would be crazy. Um, 
it's probably a lot of people who got sick of watching RSL lose, and they were like, I'm from California. Or they got like, sick yeah, of I'm watching the Galaxy that. lose. Yeah, that too. That's a different story. Anyways, um, no, I just I thought it was funny because we've had Dennis Badonkadonk and Brian Viagra and Carlos Andres Gomez on this on this uh, this episode. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been a fun episode, man. I've I've probably laughed more this episode than any other episode before, um, well, internally yeah. and externally. My thirteen year old humor seems to be. I seem to have the right audience, I guess. For, for those. <laughs> Alex, so, you're a funny guy. For, Let's go ahead and end the episode. Do you guys have any closing remarks before we finish out today? Uh, you know, we poked fun at LA Galaxy fans, but if an ownership group came to Salt Lake and directly competed with RSL and they were willing to spend uh, bajillions on the roster and they were winning everything, it'd be hard for me to not root for that team too. So you know what, former Galaxy and now current LAFC fans, I see you. But other than that, I've got a whole lot of nothing. This one was a great time and it was just a splendid Sunday afternoon talking to you two boys. About Viagra. About about Brian Viagra. Man, it's going to take everything in me to not name this episode <laughs> Brian Viagra, but I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't, I, I don't want that explicit tag thrown onto our podcast. <laughs> a little E. Yeah, a little red E. All right. Well, let's stop talking about male enhancement. Cody, you have anything to end the episode with today other than male enhancement? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to the Open Cup game. I, it, I think that ends up being a, a discussion of depth, whichever team's deeper, and I'm excited to see it play out. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking, <laughs> we have to you, get out of here. We, we need to I'm, end this episode we because we have got twelve-year-old child yeah, minds no, running we rampant. Have to, we have to get out of here. It's been wonderful, Ethan. Do you have anything to add before we leave? You think I'm the youngest out of you three, but I'm actually not. I'm actually the oldest. Uh, funny enough, but oh boy, man, what an episode that was fun. Uh, thank you guys for listening through uh, through all of the fun and uh, all of the uh, the RSL talk. We appreciate your time and patience with us and listening to the episode. Hope you've enjoyed uh, the time and uh, hope you will join us next week as well. Uh, we'll have a new episode for you next week Please on, <laughs> on Monday. So if you haven't already, be sure to follow RSL Season Pass. You could find us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter and then hit us up at www.rslseasonpass.com. It's where you can find all of our episodes. Be sure to leave us a rating or a review if you feel, in- feel so inclined. We'd very much appreciate it. And finally, you can find Alex at Alex Mauer on Twitter. You could find Cody at the Kodiak one on Twitter, and you could find me at Ethan Kershaw nine. Once again, thank you all very much for listening. We appreciate your time. We hope you have a fantastic day and week of RSL matches. We will talk to y'all next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of RSL season pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcast. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode. Same time, same place.